0: to the HAZ podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This is the continuation episode three of last week's episode, episode two. We're gonna continue with the topic of peer pressure, how that can lead to manipulation and what are those effects are in our lives. So welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, As you know, I'm Chris, one of the hosts here at the HAZ podcast. I'm gonna go around the table to show you the guests that we have today. We actually have for the first time, we have emily we have jenny returning eric returning we got michael we got ben duda actually for the first time and we have brandon with us as well today so i'm going to go around the table give everyone a chance to introduce themselves so emily welcome tell us a little bit about yourself
1: well as you know my name is emily i've been a part of this church for 14 years now and this is something definitely new that is happening. So I'm super excited to be a part of it.
0: Nice, nice. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, Jenny, I know you've been on this before. But I think the last time it was just audio. And so now we got video, so people can actually see what you look like. Uh, is there something you'd like to share with us today.
2: Um, besides the first thing that I said in the first episode that I love music, and that's my passion. Um, I want to share my favorite color today. My favorite color is mint green. Wow. Mint that was my green. quinceañera dress. Come. Yes,
0: you're right. I remember that. Nice. Nice. Hey, Eric, welcome back. How you doing? Good. Good. Is there something you'd like to share with us today? Uh, fun fact about yourself? I'll make music. That's it. That's pretty dope, actually. So where are you at right now with that? Have you...
3: Produce something already? So actually, I got a lot of uh, products that I bought. So I bought that USB thing, you know, that I gave you. Yes. I bought that, I bought a lot of cables. I got a computer now. Nice. I got an interface. I got this program for the piano to use at church. So I'm so excited to use this um, for the upcoming services, you know, for the church. Nice. And somewhere more cool. advance for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. I, I can't wait to
0: hear what comes out of that. All right, and Michael, like that hat.
4: It is I, in full HD now in video. Now I'm gonna be canceled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever I say.
0: Where, where can someone fun. get a hat like that?
4: Go on www.mcatstudios.com. Nice. Just pre-order it. It's right now. To pre-order. Thank okay,
0: you. Okay, Lisa. nice. All right, Ventura. What's good with it, guys? How you doing? <laughs> I am swell. <laughs> <laughs> tell us tell us a fun fact about, about yourself.
5: Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I'll be laying it down on the sixth string, on the bass strings. Yeah, that balloon, <laughs> the little keys, a little bit, not a lot of it. Yeah, so you know how I roll, play a little bit of chess, yeah. So, Ooh. yeah. Are you a little good? Bit. You get that? It? Oh it's yeah, awesome. man, I'm trying to become Hokage of chess one day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm like, Twelve hundred, but this one dude who's like twenty one hundred follows, like follows my stream. I'm streaming, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying, trying to it. play Hikaru one day. I have no clue if y'all know what I'm talking about, uh, but it sounds cool like animated to me. Right? <laughs> yeah.
4: What type of chess you be playing, bro? It sounds so animated, bro. <laughs> yeah. Good case so. for Rocky. Yeah, so is that a chess player that you're talking about?
5: Yeah, he's like top 10. Everyone knows Magnus Carlsen, though. Sure. <laughs> he's like number one. But I played soccer. Like I don't know who that is, bro. Right? Right. Well, <laughs> I feel mean, like there's in the
0: Yeah, if you're in that true,
5: bubble, in that, world, just not that good. Be a millionaire, though. Oh, you know oh, what oh, I'm saying? Oh, so if you the top dogs, you get paid <laughs> a lot. You man. make money if you, playing chess? Huh? You make money? Bleaches? Yeah. Make now, bleaches? like the past decade or some before they were poor. But all of a sudden, everyone loves it. So <laughs> they make <laughs> money now. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> 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 <It's great>. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Ben. Thank you. Uh,
0: Brandon, Hello. thanks for being with us. Hello. You can tell us a fun fact about yourself. yourself.
6: Yes. My favorite ice cream is vanilla. <laughs> It's my vanilla. It's it's pretty bland, I know. It's boring. <laughs> no, it's good. It's my favorite because it's just, it's nice and boring. I like boring things. I like to be boring. But I also <laughs> Not like be boring! boring. Oh, <laughs> That's such a brand. So, the thing to only say. passion I have is for God.
4: That's what's nice. up. That's, what's nice. up. Nice. That's keeping it real.
0: Uh, Alright, so uh we're gonna get into the topic then. So you know we were talking about last time uh, peer pressure and we all kind of shared how that has affected it in our lives when we've experienced that peer pressure like i know myself i experienced it in school when a friend of mine was trying to get me to smoke um, and how he treated me for not going down that path with him um, some of you shared that uh, there could also be good pressure you know good pressure into Maybe uh, getting deeper, closer with God. Maybe we have a friend who's pressuring us that way, that's pushing us. Um, But what do you guys think of peer pressure? Is it still alive and well today? Is it still affecting people's lives? Is it still affecting the youth? What do you guys think of your pressure? I have a good example
6: of God's pressure, actually. So I have a testimony that that just happened last week. Um, A few of already know, but... God pressured me to drive in the middle of the service to to drive down to Savage and, and God wanted me to go to this this man and tell him that, that God wants to have a relationship with him and it turned out that he was going to kill himself that day and he had already called the cops and he reported a suicide and he was like ready to go and uh, God saved him from that And I was, I was just there to be a vessel, to be an envoy of, of God's, of God's love. And the, it all stemmed from my willingness to crumble under God's pressure. And it, it took me to a whole different level of, of where my faith is at. Because because of this happening, because of this testimony, I have a newfound trust in God just to say, okay, you know, you tell me something, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, You tell me to go out to this person and just say, God loves you, I'm going to do it now. Before, I would get those urges, I would get those, that, that pressure, but I would never go through with it. Mm. I would just kind of stare at them and, and wonder. Should, should I do it? I would hesitate. I would sit there and, and hesitate. And afterward, I'd be like, I would I would tell Jenny, shit and she would be with me and be like, man, God was really telling me to go up to that person. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it because I was too proud or I was too anxious or I was too nervous hmm. of rejection that, that I wouldn't do it, but now, I have learned, I have learned the ways God has shown me how to do it. And now when I feel that pressure, once again, I'm going to follow through. With wow. That. I, I,
0: I, I, got some, some questions I'd like to follow up on that. And what stopped you before from following through with what God was making you feel like? What, what was, what were those roadblocks that you were facing? I feel
6: like it was pride. I was, I was too proud of myself to, to walk over to a random person mm. and and invite God into their lives. And I also feel that it was not only that, but the fear of being rejected mm. and like rejected by them or them rejecting God, um, but more so a feeling of, of, how do I say this? Like... Not, not so much rejection, rejection. Mm-hmm. but just uh, a laziness not to do it
0: mm-hmm. okay okay well, well thanks, thanks for, for sharing, sharing that i think that's a powerful, powerful testimony. testimony that is a very powerful My <laughs> right. God, yeah, for sure. he's over here in church and god sends, god sends you to savage, savage. That's, that's like a that's like a, a 30, 30
6: minute drive 30, 30 minute
0: drive god sends him and you haven't been there before I've never and he told me
6: he gave me a vision and he showed me the man's face very 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 briefly very briefly like split second but it was burned into my retinas and he also showed me a flower shop, and I didn't know which one it was so I just typed in flower shop on my maps and I drove to three different ones before I found the right one and the, the most surprising part was that he was not there he wasn't in the flower shop he was across the street down the block in a cemetery now is that cemetery
0: where his wife is buried yes
6: he was there with flowers in his hands visiting his wife's grave before he killed himself wow and that that those flowers was the connection that needed to be made to know what that flower shop was mm-hmm. for Because once I saw those flowers, I knew the connection and I went up to him and I asked him if he was all right.
0: That's, that is powerful. That blows me away because I feel like sometimes we don't act out with what God is telling us to do. And I feel like peer pressure has to do with it because people have told us, don't act that way, don't share your faith, don't evangelize. Uh, don't don't talk, talk to strangers, strangers. Right. <laughs> right? They, they literally we, told we have us. have gotten
6: too comfortable. <laughs> exactly. They've, They've taught us
0: since we were kids: kids don't talk, talk to strangers, or you know, if if you, if you get rejected by someone, by someone, that you should take it to heart, heart, take, it heart, heart, take, heart, heart take it personal. You know, I feel like we have that pressure from society, from society telling us to be quiet about the gospel, gospel telling us don't share your experience, and I feel like we have to overcome that pressure because i felt it before sometimes i I felt led by god to talk to somebody and sometimes you know the initial thought right right away what are people gonna think what if they don't like it what if they're mean what if they don't accept it you know what would happen i feel like that's peer pressure in in that way i feel like
6: the biggest the biggest scare for me was what if they are from a different religion Mm. And they humiliate me for it. And that is the sin speaking. What if they humiliate me? What if, what if, they, what if, they, what if they call me out in front mm-hmm. of me? And I'm not ready to, to have that kind of spiritual warfare. But it, it, it has to take it to another level. Mm-hmm. Because in that sense, I didn't trust God enough. Right. And I didn't trust him to speak through me.
0: Man, thank you, Brandon, for sharing that that very powerful testimony. That's amazing. And I pray that God will continue to move like that in your life. Anybody else have an idea to share about peer pressure? Like, you know, when has it been a bad thing? How powerful is peer pressure in people's lives? What does it do to people?
5: Yeah, I think peer pressure in general is probably pretty powerful. Um, because it's like, oh, I guess it depends on your age too, maybe, or it depends how many, how important you think being cool is, Mm. ah, there we go. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's redefined the older you get, but in high school it's easier to tell because it's like the popular kids, the pressure is, Mm -hmm. oh, to be cool, you have to, whatever that is. It could be the mota, or it could be clubbing or something, whatever they do. So uh,
0: let, let, let me ask you, because yeah. I'm 33 years old, being cool back in my day is different than what it is to be cool today.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Very different. <laughs> what does it
0: mean to be cool today?
5: Um, uh, I guess from what I see, um, well, one of it is like, if you trend, cause I have people in my age group who like after high school became like pretty big influencers, not maybe be huge, but like 20K followers on IG or something like that, you know what I'm saying? Or blowing up on TikTok. So I guess for like, you know, maybe Gen Z, it would be like being an influencer, at least the people I know, because the people who were still doing drugs and clubbing, like after high school, that's not really cool anymore. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, dang, you still doing that? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so, Come on, bro. So <laughs> is it is so it nuts. followers <laughs> <laughs> you have on
0: social media that makes you cool in school? Like, like, yeah. like, who is the popular person in today's,
5: High yeah, schools, colleges. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be it. Yeah, being an influencer. I mean, or so college, college you could still be popular with clubs and stuff like that, but in general, like, dang, this dude dropped this Spotify thing. He got a whole <laughs> bunch of followers now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Rebelliousness
6: is powerful. Um, and it changes over time because when when Pastor Chris was was in his teens, right, you know the rebelliousness was you know, smoking cigarettes, probably in, into that kind of rock stuff, like not not the traditional household stuff, right? Like get out of that, like the alt rock stuff, like the heavy metal. Um, when when I was in high school, it was drugs, liquor, alcohol. Um, like going out and partying going out into the woods and smoking weed like all that kind of stuff and then tying that all into sports like all of that compiled around the sporting area like if you did sports you had to be also doing drugs you also had to be smoking weed you also had to be drinking alcohol with your friends you had to be social drinking otherwise you know you're not as cool anymore and now, it it ties into you know how many views you got on Instagram, how many views you got on TikTok, and now the rebellious is now turning around and becoming, oh, you're you're living a Christian life? Oh, you're rebellious, like that's more the rebellion that's getting silenced, and um, oh, you want a traditional life? You want you want to you want to wait. Uh, to have sex until you're married oh that's that's stupid that's like that's not rebellious but it's been so silenced that it's almost becoming the silent rebellion
0: mm.
4: interesting i believe that oh, you want to <laughs> say something i believe that peer pressure in general has changed in this era it's not about the views anymore mm-hmm. if you have realized that anybody can get any views in TikTok, anything is really accessible. Now, what pressures now is our pressure. You see everybody's successes. You see what they're doing now. You're pressuring yourself on doing things that you won't usually do. It can be good or it can be bad. You can just have pressure of doing a business, but also having pressure of doing the most dumbest thing that you can possibly do and ruin your reputation. And it's because you know, f- f- people are doing it. And people are doing it. They see, they see like the success. Have- they see people doing businesses. They see do- people doing clothing lines and everything. And I was like, I should do something with my life. But their decisions of doing it the right way or in the wrong way is that, is that peer pressure of themselves. It's a fighting identity type self. So, I like what you
3: said, because uh, the entire time I was like, I've never, oh, when I heard about the topic, I was like, I've never really been pure pressured before. Like, I've never had someone tell me, do this, do this. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, do it, do, do it. I've never had anyone do that to me. And a lot of it was because I was peer, I was pressuring myself. I was pressuring myself a lot. I pressured myself to live the lifestyle I used to live, um, talk the way I I spoke and whatnot, Um, acted the way I acted. It was all just me pressuring. But that wasn't even my identity, for real. I just wanted to be viewed as someone um, that people, um, how can I say this? Well, okay, because people always saw me as Eric, the smart, quiet kid in class that doesn't really do anything. He just pays attention. He's just there, you know. And so I've heard that so many times from people who are like, Eric, you're so silent. You're so serious, you know. And I, I think at one point I got so tired of it, I was like, I don't want to be viewed as this guy that's just so silent, that's always just um, quote-unquote shy, because I wasn't really a shy person, I was just didn't care about anyone really, and so I think that's when I started to pressure myself to do things that um, aren't correct, weren't correct at the time, and still aren't today, um, and so once people find out, or once I exposed myself, you know, I told everyone the truth. They're like, oh, I thought you were a Christian, you know, we're a very Christian life, you know, I'm like, oh, well, Christians, you know, fail. They fail a lot. And I'm just an example of that, you know, I'm not perfect. I never came to be a perfect Christian. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's uh, what he said. That's I related to that a lot, you know, pressuring myself.
5: So... Mm-hmm.
0: I'd like Like to to ask ask a question on what you said where
5: Where did you you, so you pressured yourself yourself. where Where
0: did you get that pressure pressure from like why did you you, like what what was was causing you to pressure pressure
3: yourself the enemy bro (laughs) The enemy placed all those thoughts on me you know like okay all these people are doing this and they're viewed as the way they are I'm like okay so I kind of fell into the trap of the enemy then and you know kind of rebelled against God in a way um, despite being being Christian and everyone knew knowing I was a Christian guy um, and so you know I think it was that identity thing you know trying to find my identity back then um, trying to figure out who I was and um, once God told me who I really was in him that's when I kind of shifted mindset mm-hmm. and I was like okay, um i know like i I told god i know the calling you have for me um but let me die from these areas you know because i know it's gonna be a process and little by little you know throughout the years god has removed a lot of the things um that i was in and today you know i'm a whole different person you know for um i'm not the shy kid i used to be but i'm also not that guy that was out doing the wrong things you know um I love spreading the word of God to people, you know, and um, being in a place at the right time for the right people, you know, God has, that's how God has moved in me, um, being there in the right time for people that really need it. And so I just give glory to God for using me in those ways. And that's kind of just how my perspective on this pre-pressure thing is. Nice. I think, would you you want to share
0: something? something?
1: Oh, okay. If anything, I think I would be the greatest expert. Um, an example of what peer pressure is because I've dealt with it, like, almost my whole life. Um, everybody knows here, I have very Christian parents. They're, like, so firm on the faith. faith and growing up, they always, like, installed that fear of God in us and going into middle school i hung out with the wrong people and kind of when you guys are talking about that rebellion thing is what i dealt with throughout those 3 years um 2016 was a year where we went to ctc and i was like transformed but i quickly went back to my old ways because of the people i was hanging around with and i had no like i had no what the Holy Spirit was, how he moved, the way he delivers, and I still chose to live a double life because of peer pressure. And so I did things I I wish I never did. Um, and I was involved in things I certain have been involved with because I wanted to be cool. And not thinking about it, that group of people were not cool at all. Like, they were complete losers. Like, no offense, because The things that they would pressure me to do was just so dumb, so childish. And I just think back and I'm like, I can't believe I was 12 years old when I was doing this stuff. Or like 13 or 14, like I was a kid. And, you know, thankfully God has delivered me from all that stuff, Um, seeking that approval from people. Because I feel like that's where that um, goes into is trying to get that approval. So going into high school, I dealt with the same thing all over again. I was part of a swim team and a lot of those girls were really into drugs and they knew I was Christian and thankfully I never gave into it because like I was just, I, I fear the Lord and I was like, my parents are going to catch me, so I'm not doing this. And, um, yeah. And, but that peer pressure was there and you know. I thank God for COVID because he pulled me right out of there. And I think that COVID was true. The year of COVID was the year where I truly grew my relationship with God. And, um, but even to this day, I still get peer pressure, peer pressure from church. Um, a lot of comparisons, people comparing me to, um, women of God that are like high up, like God has anointed them. And they're like, oh, Emily, like, do this, do that. You should be more like this and all this stuff. And you try to work your way up to those ranks, but then you're realizing you're also losing your relationship with God. So my greatest advice on that is, like, don't listen when people have to say, you know, God has a, such a unique purpose for your life, and that does not revolve about um, on what people have to say especially someone who's not really being led by the Holy Spirit. And it's not worth giving in to that peer pressure because it truly does mark you. And not that it leaves your reputation, but when you're growing that good testimony with God, it can mark it. And it, it kind of ruins your reputation. If I'm not, I'm not going to lie. So... Peer pressure is alive. It's very much there for Christians, non-Christians, all kinds of people, young, old, everything. But you need to know your truth, and that is the word of God. And you need to know where you stand in your relationship with God, and not with your relationship with others. Because everyone can have something to say, but God has the final say. So.
0: Amen. That's true. Amen. Jenny, is there anything you'd like to add?
1: Um,
2: well, I... I really just think that identity is like a key thing in this conversation because the moment that you know who you are, it's just not easy to waver. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to be moved. Whether someone you know calls you a chicken or something or anything like you don't care because you know you're not that yeah. and that God has given you your identity. Um, but kind of off of what Emily was saying, sometimes, or kind of what Eric was saying too, that like sometimes people know that you're a Christian, a Christian, and they, they view, or like one of the main things that comes to mind is like, oh, they're really holy. They can't do anything wrong.
6: Holier than thou. Holier than thou. thou, (laughs) They're holier than you and they're too goody goody for you
2: and and it's important to understand that we we still make mistakes because we're human but the important thing is that we have we have someone we fall on whenever we do fail Mm -hmm. and and kind of like to that first episode it's okay not to be okay it's okay to make mistakes but it's not okay to stay there because the moment you stay there you're going with the flow of the river, you're going with the flow of the, of the world. And so even if people think, oh, you know, like you're the most holy, I think it's super important to know your identity, to also have authority. And that's how, that's how people will notice the difference and be impacted too. When you begin to speak with authority over their lives, when you say, no, I'm not gonna do this, first of all, I don't care you know what you think about, but I'm not gonna do this and let me, and then you pour out into them with that authority that God has given you. So, um, identity. Yeah, I, I think that,
0: especially, especially us as believers in, believers in Christ, Christ, we have a, a tremendous, tremendous pressure, pressure because, because the world says, What is wrong is is good. good. And And what what do we say? We We say say what's wrong is wrong. What's What's good good is good. good. But But the world today is, in order to to be accepted accepted in the world, you you have to believe in LGBTQ propaganda. propaganda. You have to believe in all these these ideas that are floating around in the world and if you believe against them or you believe something else then you're wrong there's, then you're, you're you're filled with hatred you're a bigot you're a racist or you're a homophobe if you don't believe the way that we believe then you're going to be labeled something mm-hmm.
6: there, there's a powerful message in that um and that when when people say love is love Christians do believe that Right? But they take it out of context and they, they they always go back to the second part of what Jesus says and he, he says, you know, love thy neighbor as yourself, right? And they're like, Okay, that's what he's saying, that's the rule, love is love. You can't tell these people what love is because because love is love and and, and Jesus said to love thy neighbor, but he also Tells us to love God with all of His heart, and to do that, we have to follow His Scripture. And we we see these lukewarm Christians where they're like on the fence about it. Mm. And again, I'm coming back to to my big um, word that I'm 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 pulling into to to preach about, but I call it cherry picking they cherry pick parts of the sermon and they take it out of context and they say, Oh, well, love is love. So you can't tell that this boyfriend and girlfriend are living together and you can't tell them that they shouldn't be doing that because they love each other and you have no saying that. And you can't say, uh, that, a that a guy should not lay with another man because love is love. And Jesus Christ was right. but, It also says that you should follow love which God is love and you should follow everything that he says and in the scripture which is God's love letter to us the scripture says that a man should not lay with a man and a Mm -hmm. woman should not lay with a woman and they say oh well you don't think that um, the Bible is up for interpretation and uh, the Bible has been written so many, so many times, and you don't think that's been watered down mm-hmm. or like made in a certain way. And the the way that I say it to combat that is, you don't think that God has protected His Word, His love letter to us, all this time.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Like you don't believe that. That he has the ability, as the amazing God, as the unstoppable, the mountain mover, to protect his own word. That's just crazy to me.
1: To add on to that, um, I've watched a lot of evangelists who evangelize to like the LGBTQ community, and don't pick, like, don't judge. Doesn't the Bible say to not judge? Or we can, doesn't Jesus say that we must love everyone? But there's also a verse in 1 Corinthians that says that no um, homosexual, no adulterer, no drunken will inherit the kingdom of God. It's so clear right there. And they hate to hear that. They hate to hear that they're sinners and that they're going to go to hell if they don't repent. And actually with that, I feel like a lot of that community is... Um, really into that peer pressure. I've heard so many testimonies about people transitioning because everyone around them is transitioning or they become gay because the people that they're hanging out around with are gay or lesbian. And it's so sad because they're like, oh, it's because my friends are doing it. So I kind of just went into it and I actually saw a testimony about a girl who was hanging around with that kind of people and she ended up transi- transitioning because of her friend's and then, sooner, um, she found God, and she realized, like, I don't even ha- like women. Like, mm-hmm. I never did. It was just because my friends. And so, that whole community, it's so confusing, and it's so sad how the devil has them tramped because they don't know their identity, and they're just looking at uh, what's around them uh, and kind of just go into that because of pure So So, I, I feel for them. Because
6: it has a lot to do with that. So. There there's a sorry. There's a big misconception with Christians where where they the the non-believers they see it as oh Christians hate the LGBT. Mm-hmm. No. We we want to see you guys thrive. We we want you to show we want to show you what God has in store for you. But a lot of people have misconceptions because they have um, instances where they, they have encountered religion and they haven't encountered God.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Vendra. Okay,
5: okay, so. Anyway, I was just just gonna gonna go back back to what what you were saying. When When you you say transition, transition, do you mean gender? Because that's that's usually what it means. Mm -hmm. I I thought you you meant meant, like attraction because of the context, context. I was gonna get confused. All right, cool. Yeah, that was kind of my clarification there.
2: Um, Reminds me of what Todd White said. I don't know if you guys have heard of that preaching um, but I remember a specific part um, that, that said, said uh, he said that people push away a real God because of wrong representations of other people. Um, so okay. because people approach like Brandon said in that religious way and they're just on rules and not relationship and transformation um and so they misrepresent God
5: Mm.
6: that's when church starts to become a tradition and not to seek God there's a lot of churches out there that that everybody believes in God but they go to church out of tradition and not out of Going out of love out of out of seeking God they go there for the community and they go to there To repent for their sins, but then they don't they don't go any further than that they don't they don't read the Bible they they listen to the sermon and When they leave the church, it's in one ear and out the other and it's as if nothing That they heard during that sermon has ever reached them and I see that a lot with with a few Catholic churches. I've seen it a lot with Lutheran churches. I've seen it a lot with um, Baptist churches, where they are so stuck on the tradition that they forget who God is.
0: So what I think is crazy is that they're starting these whole ideologies. It's not just the LGBTQ, just, just all these agendas. Of you could be whoever you want or it's not they they say you could be whoever you want but really what they're saying is we want you to be like this and they're starting it with children they yeah. ingrain this into the, the the minds of the children and then you got children or you got schools rather you got schools where you know these teachers are telling them oh you know you you don't have to be a boy you don't have to be a girl if you're a girl you could be a boy If you're a boy, you could be a girl. And that's messing up, and I think the core of what we're getting at, because I've heard it from many of you, is identity. The lack of identity. Peer pressure is the worst enemy, or rather, identity is the worst enemy of peer pressure. When you have identity, there's no peer pressure. If you know who you are, you know who God made you to be, no one can pressure you into anything.
6: Mm -hmm. As long as you have the word of God on your side, nothing
0: can. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's 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 powerful. Anybody would like to add anything else?
5: Let's just say we're talking about transformation, right? So, what's the difference between a Christian being transformed and someone who went to rehab? and is repentant in a certain sense that their behavior has changed. This This is just to like, make it interesting, that's all. All right, go ahead, y'all.
3: One is going to an eternal peace with the Father, and the other one is going to an eternal flame, you know? Just because you change your life around doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna go into heaven, you know, it's not, uh, the Bible says, it's not your works that get you into heaven. It's if you believe in his word, if you have faith in him, you know. Because um, I've seen people change their lives, and they haven't, you know, they're not Christians. Um, and it's good that they did that, you know. But it'd be better if they, you know, believe in someone they can always rely on when no one is there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's the difference. Wait,
0: Ben, can you,
5: what was the, your question again? Uh, the, the difference is between... Being like changed in your life with Jesus, basically, or like rehab or different religion religion or something like that. What's the difference
0: between being saved by being saved by God and then going through rehab and trying other religions? Yeah, because of uh,
5: the transformation transformation
2: piece, yeah, like being transformed, it like being a Christian, being transformed mm-hmm. because of Christianity in a relationship mm-hmm. of, with God, or being transformed because of, you know, rehabilitation. And I have
4: something to say in that respect. Um, from transformation, think from a drug addict or anything else. There's a saying that my mom used to say, sooner or later you're going to meet God. Mm-hmm. You're going to see God. You're going to witness His power. Por las buenas o por las malas. So, God will introduce themself, Himself to them maybe through you through Brandon maybe through a donkey because God has <laughs> mm-hmm. done it before for real <laughs> and God introduced himself at the last hit that he Eric took he will take anything specific and show his mercy and grace accept it or deny it. everybody has that one token that one spiritual visit and you need to discern if it was God or not. That's that's the answer I'm 100% on right now. God
6: gave you that choice. He, he gave us free will for a reason. He gave us that free will to choose for ourselves if we want to be with Him or separate from Him. And that is completely on us. That is not on Him. If we choose to be away from Him, that is our choice. But it is up to us as human beings to collect souls and to go out and try to save as many people as we can because God ultimately loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. And we want that for other people so that we can show not only the love from ourselves, but the love from God. And that is a big difference. Mm
1: -hmm. Also, um, another thing I wanted to add on is when you were saying that, man god is so good because i've heard so many people say i will only believe if god reveals reveals himself and i'm like who are we Mm. to say god reveal yourself you know like i'm like we're just his creation and sometimes we say it with such pride like reveal yourself right now to me like Mm. i want to see your face and stuff like that and i just think that god's grace is truly, truly truly so big that he uses us to even reveal himself to people and the unfortunate thing is that some people's hearts are so hardened that the word cannot pierce to them and there's a verse in the bible where it says that god will harden people's hearts and these are the people that are going to perish away no matter what and it's a sad reality you know our job is to go out and to go fish for those souls but Sometimes people carry that pride where they're like, I need to see God's face. I need to see Jesus or I need to see this. And with that kind of heart, it's so hard for God to truly come and invade their heart. You know, I feel like God will come to you in your broken moments, like you were mentioning, like good or bad moments. But there's also people who are destined to go to hell. And it's so sad, but the Bible says it and you can't run away from that. And what we can do is have grace for people and try to catch as many people as we can because time is ticking. (laughs) So,
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, the way that the way that I would answer that question about the difference between transformation and anything else, I feel like the only one who can change the sinner's heart is Jesus. And rehabilitation and other religions, meditation, whatever it is, it's only a temporary fix. You know, I heard uh, a preacher say once um, that when you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you can, uh, you can, or you should never say, I used to be alcoholic. You have to say, I'm still an alcoholic and I'm sober 20 years. 30 years 40 years because if they say I used to be an alcoholic mentally that that's leading them into tempt- temptation because they're gonna think oh I you know I used to do this and then it, it'll be easy for them to fall into temptation and, and go back to drinking again so they always have to say like the problem is still there I'm an alcoholic but I've been sober for so many years mm-hmm. and if they keep saying that, it's going to be harder for them to fall back into it because they're still dealing with it. No matter how many years they've been sober, it could, they, they could fall back at any moment. Yeah. But versus being transformed, because when Jesus comes into our hearts, and that's what I preach about Sunday, our existence literally is different. Our nature, we used to be children of wrath, and now we are children of God. So... Our nature has changed. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. I think uh, that ties into what we confess and how strong, how strong our words are, how powerful our words are. Um, So like what you were saying that people there have to presently declare that they are, well God calls us by name even when we are in that stage or even when we're we're fallen God calls us by name and so we like the things that we speak are also very important, the things that we confess and declare over our lives. Um, even if, if like someone may not be feeling it at the moment, like declaring that you are healed, declaring that you are saved, that's super important. And because your, your words have power, your tongue have the power of death or life. So confessing too is very important
5: okay so you were saying like declaring healing i was just wondering what you think of that scripture a lot of christians reference about paul having a thorn in his flesh that he couldn't remove and he cried out to god multiple times to take it away but god used it to humble to him humble him so how does that connect with scripture and god's will and all that, that's all.
2: Yeah, I think that, I think like when someone goes through something, you know, when a Christian goes through something, a Christian makes a mistake, you know, something happens and a Christian sins, um, but they don't stay there and they're restored by God, that's something that they can help somebody else relate to. Like say, oh, you're going through this, Well, I've been through that, but there is someone who saved me and made me better and stronger. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I think you could be humbled, kind of what you were saying, where God could use, you know, the things that weren't pretty in your life, the things that were filthy that weren't good, but to bring people to him. And there's something that a teacher in uh, in Northwestern, back in college, said. he said that we are saints who have fallen. I I don't remember if you've heard, come on, Ventura. We were in the same chapel, (laughs) but like we are saints that have fallen. So I think, you know, Um, Sometimes those things that happen or we're restored from even from the past, like, you know, we're completely transformed is so we can help others come to and say, like, hey, I was in that situation, but I have someone who saved me and brought me into the light and made me free, truly free. Um, Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, I think today we talked about some very powerful topics, some some deep thoughts. So I want to thank all of you for coming on the episode. I really appreciate you guys. And thank you. If you're tuning in, let us know where you're watching us from. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at movement. That's M-V-M-N-T. And then Y-T-H, Minnesota. You can follow us. Send us a DM. Let us know where you're watching us from. Uh, If you also have a prayer request, uh, we want to pray for you. Or something you want to share. How has peer pressure affected your life? How has manipulation affected your life? What do you think about transformation versus other methods of dealing with that pressure? Let us know. Let us know in the comments in the YouTube video. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on the Apple Podcasts. And now on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram. We're on Facebook too. So thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next episode. God bless you. Everybody say goodbye.
5: Bye. Hello.